This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to San Francisco City Insider. I'm Trisha Thadani and I'm here with my fellow City Hall reporter, Dom Fracasa. Hello, Dom. Hello. So... We are here today to talk about the proposed 200-bed navigation center on the Embarcadero and the divisive debate that it set off in the city. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, in effect, we're here to talk about why Mayor London Breed is having such a hard time getting a 200-bed uh, homeless shelter, in effect, built um, at a time when, you know, San Francisco's homeless homelessness crisis is <laughs> as evident and gripping as ever. So yeah. that's what we're going to get into. And a group of residents, they attempted to appeal the project at the Board of Supervisors meeting on Tuesday. And as we saw, they were unsuccessful. So we'll talk about what happens next after this break. Hello and welcome back to SF City Insider. I'm Trisha Thadani. I'm Dominic Fracasa. So we're here to talk about um, the navigation center uh, that was proposed for the Embarcadero. So Dom and I have both been covering this from uh, different aspects. But uh, before we get into it, Dom, do you want to start about like how we got here? And you were the one who had first broke the story about the mayor's plans. Yeah, sure. I think um, what Initially, people responded to uh, people who live. Well, let's let's first talk about where this is exactly, because I think it's absolutely you know integral to why people are so upset about it. So, what the mayor and her office want to do is build a 200-bed navigation center, which, in case you've never heard that term before, it's a deluxe homelessness shelter with on-site intensive services meant to navigate people out of homelessness and into more stable, permanent living mm-hmm. situations, right? So that's what the mayor wants to build on a what's right now a 2.3-acre parcel being used for a parking lot. Um, it's owned and operated by San Francisco's Port Commission. Mm-hmm. So the mayor had to spend some time, you know, trying to convince the community there, people who live near the shelter to, you know, to let them know that it's going to happen and to convince the port to allow the city to build that shelter there. Now, of course, it just so happens that the mayor appoints every member of the port, port commission. Conveniently. She, she hasn't appointed any uh, on this particular commission, right. but nevertheless, it's something worth mentioning. Right. So it's almost immediately set off a pretty um, emotional reaction from people who would live near where the center would eventually be built. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people who live on San Francisco's waterfront who, as I think you mentioned, don't want to have a homeless shelter so close to their own homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the sort of fight that sort of unspooled over the course of maybe two to three months um, is, is was really over that was was a, a community saying, look, we agree that homelessness is San Francisco's number one issue that it needs to solve, but we don't want a shelter to house people so close to to our own homes. Yeah. And, and what was interesting about this whole thing is it really underscored just the difficulty and that the city officials have in addressing the homelessness crisis where you'd be hard pressed to find someone in the city who's like, we don't want more homeless services in the city. Um, and but but then when it comes to these services actually coming to people's neighborhoods, that's when 
people start to get a little vocal. They start to get a little bit wary about it. And that's exactly what we saw here. So, I mean, you were at the first, uh, you, you followed all the community meetings um, with the port. Do you want to tell us a little bit about sort of the tone of these meetings and what people were saying? Yeah, it started off entirely lopsided. The first uh, pair of meetings um, where the port addressed this and the city sort of held a, a, a broader community meeting um, on the very same day, I think in early April or late March, um, there was it was entirely lopsided. It was the community coming out hard against this homelessness shelter. Um, there were people who, you know, were relaying their anecdotes and their friends' anecdotes about, you know, you know, bad experiences, harrowing experiences with mentally ill, uh, apparently mentally ill, apparently homeless people. Um, there were people saying that this is going to, you know, as you said, become a magnet for drug use uh, and needles strewn about, a magnet for crime. They worried about how emergency vehicles could, you know, get to and from homelessness uh, uh, shelters. Uh, it, given the fact that the area is so dense and especially during, you know, ball game times, people, you know, we have thousands of people streaming through there on foot and in cars. So they kind of threw the book at the Port Commission and at the and at the rest of the city mm-hmm. at that point. I think the sort of coverage of that meeting galvanized a certain amount of uh, um, opposition to that to that point of view. In other words, people who supported the shelter and wanted to see it built. So over time, you know, tensions kind of rose and people started, you know, openly clashing with each other at these meetings. So it became it became a pretty hostile environment that I guess capitulated um, at its peak with Mayor London Breed. Uh, coming to a meeting, getting shouted down by the crowd. It's just not something you see every day. Um, it was pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was kind of the the, um, the peak of opposition or the, the peak of the public outcry against this thing. So on the one hand, you can't be upset about homelessness. And then when I propose a real solution that's going to make a difference, then you're upset about it. Let's talk about Mayor London Breed's role in all of this. So she was the one who um, she'd initially proposed this um, back in March. Um, and so, you know, the mayor, she ran on a platform of increasing home or one of her major campaign promises was increasing homelessness services. Her specific goal was um, a thousand shelter beds by the end of 2020. Um, where Where is she on that right now? And where does this uh, navigation, how does this navigation center play into that? Yeah, well, she's about 400 shelter beds into the 1000 bed promise right now. Um, it's not just an arbitrary number either. Uh, on any given night, there are just over, you know, maybe up to 1,100 people on a waiting list for shelter beds in San Francisco. So that number reflects, you know, the the the, the need for beds right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, the talk about you know permanent housing for those for these people are, or, or you know, what where they're going to go is is a, an entirely different conversation. These are strictly beds. For people who sh- who need to get off the street and just need a, a cot or a mat or a bed to stay on for a period of days, mm-hmm. so um, so she's just basically in the beginning, not even at the halfway point of that um, of that pledge, um, a thousand beds by twenty twenty. Um, it's important to note that she is up for reelection in November. San Francisco voters are going to see her name on the ballot. They're not going to see any other familiar names um, or names that have a lot of organized political support or the ability to fundraise. So London Breed is. Almost certainly, I'm hedging because I'm a reporter and it feels wrong <laughs> to say things with certainty, but, you, you know, with authority. It's, there's there's almost no chance that London Breed is not going to be our mayor in 2020. Mm-hmm. So she will have to live up to this goal one way or the other. So she will have to face the consequences, as it were. Right. Um, because she will be our mayor then, almost with almost no doubt. Yeah. And it's also important to note that in the backdrop of all of this, we saw um, a recent report 
that came out that kind of confirmed what people were feeling anecdotally of just the homelessness crisis in our city getting worse, where this report showed that since 2017, the amount of unhoused people in the city has risen by 17 percent. So she's up against those numbers as well. Exactly right. Things aren't getting better. In fact, in San Francisco and across the region, they're getting worse Mm -hmm. as far as homelessness and the number of uh, unhoused people living on our living and dying on our streets um, every day. Now, of course, the, the so fast forward to April 23rd, the Port Commission, after a lengthy the, you know, public hearing where everybody came out one more time to rally, you know, for and against the shelter. Uh, the Port Commission said, OK, you can go ahead and do this. We're going to allow you to build, you know, what will eventually be a 200 bed shelter for a, a, a fixed period of time. It's kind of like a pilot program. They'll see if it's working. They'll mm-hmm. make you'll see, hey, community, we're taking this one step at a time, going gradually for your yeah. sake to a and certain these extent. These were some concessions that the mayor and supervisor, Matt Haney, whose district includes the site, had made with the residents. Exactly right. So, you know, they're going to start with 130 beds and eventually ramp up to 200. They're going to, mm-hmm. you know, the contract or the, the lease, if you will, will be for a shorter period of time at the outset. The whole thing is meant to be temporary. I mean, we're supposed to get a handle on homelessness, hopefully sometime in our freaking lifetimes. You know what I mean? So it's not supposed to last forever. That would be, you know, sort of uh, subtly dismal in its own way. Um, but now, Getting to what happened and what you had covered, Trisha, the other day uh, 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 at the Board of Supervisors, the, the, what the opponents were doing, correct me if I'm wrong, is effectively appealing the planning department's decision to exempt this shelter from a review under the California Environmental Quality Act. So it's a technical thing, but it's kind of like one of the, one of the only uh, pressure valves, if you will, that they could access before actually going to superior right, court. Right, right. So... You heard in in this really long appeal, which we were expecting to happen as soon as the as soon as the port had approved um, this site. Um, so, like you were saying, it was pretty technical. They were saying it on the they were trying to do it on the grounds that the city had skipped a number of important steps in an effort to just ram this project through um, without with little regard for how it would impact the the surrounding community. Um, so, one of them was this environmental review. There was another one. Um, they said that there there wasn't enough public outreach. Just Despite there being like how many how many community meetings would you say there were? I mean, Maybe I think 20, even more than that. Between Supervisor Haney and the mayor's office and the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing, they would have spent hundreds of hours holding community meetings mm-hmm. uh, uh, for this thing. Yeah. yeah. And then there was another argument that they weren't using the port's property in um they weren't using they weren't adhering to like the state's fair use laws for it, that they weren't getting the adequate amount of rent for it. It, it was just a lot of really technical arguments. Um, and all of those fell flat to the supervisors. But then in the appeal, you also had them saying, we're worried about how this is going to increase the amount of homelessness in the area. We're going to have more drug use. We're going to have more crime. Um, we're going to have more blight. Um, and there were some residents who I spoke to who said, you know, we don't have that many homeless people in the area right now. And if you're going to build a navigation center here, just obviously it's going to attract more people here. Well, the counter argument to that, isn't it that, you know, these people are already on the streets. Mm-hmm. Do you not want to put them inside? You know, there, there's these people are, I mean, I, I, that's that's one thing that I sort of struggled to wrap my mind around. I mean, it, when, it, when it comes to the facts about will this center bring drugs and blight mm-hmm. and crime, the data from the city, which has a vested interest in this, to be clear, you know, they want to get this shelter built, mm-hmm. that just does not bear out. There isn't as we heard at that hearing, at that meeting on Tuesday, added crime or added drug use. I mean, look, we can all, you know, sort of, 
drive by a shelter or a homelessness a navigation center at an unfortunate time and take the right picture and blow it up on social mm-hmm. media and say this is the way that it is. Um, but I think there, uh, and I think the city, you know, pointed this out time to, from, from time to time that that's kind of a selective hearing around what the issue is. Right. The data simply does not suggest that there is more crime around navigation centers. Yeah. In fact, it suggests that it goes down to a certain extent. And you had people who said, "I live by existing shelters mm-hmm. and navigation centers. Bring them on. It's been great." People right. don't even recognize that they're there sometimes. The Dog Patch Navigation Center has been a great example of that, where after initial opposition, you know, funny enough, that's also a piece of port property that they had to approve several years ago. But people, you know, eventually were uneasy about it and expressed that at the time. But they came around. Mm-hmm. They they actually asked the city to renew the lease, to let it go longer because it's been such a success. And San Francisco has an enormous homelessness crisis right. on its hands. Right. And that's a it seems to be an easy solution um, if it can integrate well under the community, which by all accounts, they seem to be doing fairly mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So l- let's listen to some of the arguments that we heard from some of the residents at the Board of Supervisors meeting the other day. It was like speaking to a black hole. Nothing we said was heard. This is a very busy area. Traffic is already bad enough as it is with the Bay Bridge on ramp and the Embarcadero. Daily emergencies will make it worse. Common sense dictates that navigation centers be located where they negatively impact the fewest residents possible. And then here, here's someone who, he actually lives near the 5th and Bryant Navigation Center, and he said um, when his friends come by, some people actually thought that this navigation center was a storage facility because it's so quiet around there. I live across the street from the navigation center on 5th and Bryant, and it is a fabulously run establishment. And they are quiet neighbors. Most of my friends that come by uh, think it's a storage facility. Um, that is how quiet it is and well-maintained it is. But then the, the other day, um, so I'd gone by the Civic Center Navigation Center, which is the most of, of the current navigation centers that exist. So for example, you mentioned the dog patch one. So that's actually pretty out of the way of businesses and uh, residents. There's a few bi- businesses around there, but it's a very industrial um, area. And so the Civic Center one is the most, it's the one you could say is the most comparable in terms of like proximity to businesses and residences. So I went by there the other day and was just talking to some of these store owners around there. And let's listen to one clip from this one woman who I spoke to who owns a pizza shop nearby. Yesterday, I had to take four syringes out of my bathroom. And it was uh, four of them. And um, I'm a young lady, I'm 26 years old, I'm running a business, sometimes in the front by myself, and it's a big, it's a big space, so I can't really call people too quick. So she's, as we heard, she's saying, um, you know, there are still homeless people in the area, um, it's not great, she sometimes feels unsafe around there. But, but again, it's, it's hard to say how much of that is actually attributed to the Navigation Center versus just the area in general. And the problem writ large, yeah. Right. All right, so at Tuesday's Board of Supervisors meeting, the opponents were shot down, they weren't expecting to win, they uh, uh, have basically one you know step, one bit of recourse left, um, and that's, you know, to go to the courts. Is that something that that's something that they, they expect to do? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So so like you said, going into the meeting yesterday, the lawyer, any of the residents didn't expect to win the appeal. So I spoke to the lawyer, Peter Prowse, outside the board meeting right after the um, appeal was shot down. Um, and he said that they're just going to fight this for as long as they have to. The board gets to make these kinds of political decisions, but uh, the courts will have the last word on this. And we'll be covering this as it unfolds. So you can read all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com and listen to it right here on San Francisco City Insider. I'm Trisha Tadani. 
I'm Dominic Fercasso. And thank you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.